Everybody plans. Planning bridges strategy and execution. But historically, planning has been a painful process. Yearly plans that gather dust on the shelves. But that's changed with technology that can enable active planning, updated continuously, and able to guide the business. I'm Greg Thomas, and today on the Workday Podcast, we're going to talk about active planning, why it's important, and what successful planning looks like. With us is Kerman Lau, Vice President of Financial Planning and Analysis at Adaptive Insights, a Workday company. Welcome, Kerman. Thank you, Greg. Great to be here. So for those who don't know exactly what FP&A does, why don't you give us the, the dime store tour of, of what FP&A is responsible for within a company? Yeah, so I think the number one aspect of uh, FP&A's role is really around um, measuring the performance of the company and identifying the key metrics that drive that performance. And coupled with that is also being able to then partner uh, with the business. So business partnering becomes a significant portion of, of FP&A's role. And so working with um, our counterparts in sales, uh, within marketing, to be able to get that uh, holistic view of what really drives the company. And then ultimately it comes down to being able to forecast and plan for the business, helping the, helping the business partner do that. And then, um, and then also helping just to measure, making sure that we're on track, that we're, we're uh, hitting our targets, and really guiding and partnering with the company to do that. So kind of a mix of understanding for each business, what's important to them, what they measure, forecasting what's to come, and then helping to build the plan to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really been a core part of what uh, finance's role has been and continues to be uh, growing out into being more collaborative, being able to have a conversation with the, with the business uh, leader about what's important to them. So you build a plan to guide where, where things are going. Sounds pretty simple. It hasn't always been a very simple or at least a, a very painless process to, to go through planning. Why has it been so challenging historically to, to put a, a good plan in place and then to carry it forward throughout, say, a year? Yeah. Well, there's probably a, a handful of reasons why. I think um, a big part of it is a, a data challenge. There's a lot of data out there that is required to do good planning. And if you have bad data, then your plans are going to be you know, bad, right? Garbage in, garbage out. And so uh, oftentimes finance organizations will be challenged with that data problem. And they'll spend the majority of their time collecting that data and then cleaning it, right? Making sure that it's of quality so that they can use it. And really what that does is that it takes away time from actually then doing a good job at the planning, at the plan itself. And so data becomes a huge uh, component of it. Another element of it is that things change all the time. And so oftentimes, because you're spending a long time doing a plan, that by the time you're finished, oftentimes that plan is you know, obsolete or the information is no good. And so then you find yourself wondering, well, we spent a lot of time doing that, and now you know, things have changed. For example, um, at Adaptive, uh, we, we started the year uh, on the path to go public. And we were planning that way, and we were, had all of, the, had all of our um, internal kind of guideposts po pointed, pointed toward going public. 
a few days before we were going to go public, you know, Workday acquires us. And so massive change, a pivot in our, um, you know, in our direction as a company. And so then our plans of being a public company became obsolete and then we had to pivot and then you know, create new plans as part of the Workday uh, family. So, you know, just a big change for us. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit before we started rolling tape, and even the idea you were sharing that even, even the things that you were putting together to report out on changed because you were, you were selling the story to the street and, and pitching, you know, uh, investment houses, and, and then you're, you're a business unit, right? It's a very big change yeah. in sort of what you need to, to, to report on. Yeah, so that, that you know, so data, and then just the change, the constant change, and then the, and then there's the, the, you know, the element of being able to partner with the business. And you know, finance professionals, they're not often the most extroverted, you know, by nature, right? They they tend to like to sit behind the desk. Let's get behind the spreadsheet, or you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll crunch the numbers, we'll model things out. Um, but now more than ever, it's imperative for you know, finance to really engage with the business to create, you know, good plans and forecasts. And so I think um, that's also a challenge for good planning is that you have to come out of your comfort zone and really engage with the business and sometimes be uncomfortable and asking questions that you don't know the answer to, uh, but you're looking to just, you know, you're looking to learn about the business. So what's the answer to this, this broken dare I call it static planning process. Yeah, so we call it active planning. Um, and The antidote to static is active. Yeah, and we really, it really characterizes around three areas. Um, it's you know, comprehensive, there's a collaborative nature to it, and then it's really a continuous process. And you know, I'll just expand briefly on each of those. Uh, in terms of comprehensive, in order to get a good plan, you have to plan all parts of the business, right? From not just finance, but from sales, marketing, uh, HR, uh, R&D, um, and sometimes, you know, even I forget, you know, facilities is critical, you know, especially for companies that are growing really quickly. If the facilities doesn't have the most up-to-date headcount plan, where and where those heads are coming, then they're going to run out of space, and that's, you know, that's not good because they can't put people in the right places, people can't hire. And so that comprehensive nature incorporates everything uh, within the company. Um, the collaborative nature, we've talked about it. It's, it, it has really come up um, in the last you know, five, six, seven years where finance has really been now pushed uh, to um, really partner with the business more. And, and in order to do that, uh, you got to know about the business and you have to be on this, you have to be working across the same data set and primarily it has to be you know, on the same platform. And then the continuous nature of planning is that you just need to be able to uh, you know, have the latest uh, information so that people can make decisions. And so you want the latest actuals from you know, your Workday financials. And you want the latest from Workday uh, HCM so you can get the latest uh, headcount information um, and open recs. And so when you can incorporate that uh, on a continuous basis, you're going to get better planning. So what would drive someone to, to change the processes that they've been using? Yeah, so I've, um, I've talked to many customers um, and, uh, and prospects, and there's usually, two, there's usually one of two things that brings them to this realization that what they're doing today isn't going to work for them as they move forward. Um, the first is that they see 
um, things changing in their business. And they, they see that, oh, finance also has to change, otherwise they won't be able to keep up. And so whether, that, whether they're on a legacy platform or they're sitting on Excel, they see um, just uh, you know, the amount of work, the amount of change that's happening, and they won't be able to keep up. Uh, the other reason is that they've already experienced they can't keep up, and you know, there's been a, an error, um, there's been a time where they weren't able to deliver, uh, you know, either a forecast or a plan or some you know, um, analysis that was critical to the company. And so that compels them then to say, hey, we need a change. Uh, most often it is the forward looking and saying, you know what, we're, we're looking ahead and we don't think we can stay on our current um, process without some significant change. And then they go ahead and they go embark on this process of transforming from static to active. Um, interestingly enough, I was in uh, Los Angeles uh, doing a customer event and we had a, we had a, a panel of customers and the, the question came up, you know, what, what did you, how did you personally benefit from, you know, making this transformation, this journey with Adaptive Insights? And one of the customers uh, said, you know what, after it's all said and done, last year during the plan process was the first year that she was able to go on vacation. And I thought that was amazing, just that, um, that makes it real. Yeah, when she's thinking about the, uh, the impact, um, there was a personal impact to her in a positive way. And that's amazing to me. Um, we have many other customers that, uh, that I've spoken to where there is similar transformation in um, the finance team. And what really is kind of amazing is when that transformation happens across the entire organization, not just finance. That's when you know that this active process has taken hold. Not just that finance is benefiting it and the finance team, but that the entire organization is benefiting it. And I think um, you know, that's a hallmark of moving from an old process like a static process to an active process where you know, everybody benefits from it. So talk a little bit more about that notion of of collaborating with, with the business, and you know, we, we heard from Adaptive Insights uh, CEO Tom Bogan yesterday here at Rising talking about planning should be done by those closest to the business. So, you know, what's your perspective on that? And and coming from the FP&A side of that equation, what what's the benefit to to your organization that that the business is more actively involved in in planning? Yeah, I think. You know, one of the big benefits is that I think you get more accurate plans and forecasts because it is true, right? The, the head of sales is going to know a lot more about what's happening on the field than finance will. Um, and that goes for R&D, that goes for marketing. And so you need that, you need that collaborative um, process to be more accurate in your forecast. Uh, I think another element of it is it really helps um, FP&A when they engage with their sales partners or their business partners um, to really learn about the business and to understand what's happening you know, in the business. That's better for, for everyone, right? Because then finance is then closer to you know, what's happening 
and they're able to then provide the insights uh, ahead of being asked even that the business leaders would need to make the important decisions that they do every day. And I think the, that, that collaborative notion when finance is collaborative and the business sees that they, you know, hey, finance is really reaching out their hand. Uh, what happens is that it's not, hey, that's, fin that's finance's plan and I have my own. It's really, it's our, it's our company plan then. We've all been in meetings uh, when you're in finance where, you know, the sales leaders is like, you, you, some number goes up and, and finance is presenting and sales is like, well, that's not my number, that's finance's number. Um, and no one likes to hear that because, no, it's really the company's number. And by creating this collaborative process, engaging in partnership, um, you can eliminate that and get down to the core of you know, what's, what's really important for us to talk about um, as a business. So for those, those finance professionals, that's a different set of skills than spreadsheet jockeying. I, yeah, I, I imagine all those core skills around accounting and, and, and being good with numbers in, in very simple terms are still really important, but what, what is that shift meant for the kinds of skills that are important to someone to, to be successful in an FP&A role? Yeah, that's a great question. In order to be collaborative, the one, the one thing that finance professionals have to get better at is being uh, better communicators. Um, and that's both in just face-to-face -face meetings, but also in writing down narratives, right, of, what ha of, of the story of that what happened in the business. And that's not, that's not something that um, was prevalent, you know, let's say t 10 years ago. But today it's more important for uh, finance professionals to be able to then um, communicate well with their business partners, meaning engaging in the conversation, explain learning about the, the business, explain the numbers, uh, but also then not just explain, um, not just explain the numbers as you know what happened, but then also provide some insights around, you know, hey, because we're seeing these trends, here's things to look out for, and and then I think you know the bigger one is yeah, being a good storyteller. Um, that's by far. Um, something that, um, you know, people in finance have to get better at and are looking for. I was just having a conversation with Barbara Larson, you know, the, um, you know, the head of uh, FP&A at, at Workday, that, you know, one of the core elements of, of what she's looking for in her team uh, is to develop that, that, um, that skill of storytelling. And it's, be, you know, so communication is becoming so much more important in the skill set of a finance professional. Yeah, I don't think someone would have said that five, 10, yeah, 15 years ago, absolutely. right? Um, and and it, you know, it speaks to a, like a broader notion. I've had conversations with CIOs who say very similar things where if we can't speak the language of the business that we're partnering with, that we're supporting, that we're, that we're helping to, to get to their business objectives, that, then we just can't collaborate at the level that we need to collaborate at because we, you know, we just we talk past one another almost, not not with ill intent. We just we just don't sort of get each other's language. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, a great story is I used to work for a video game company, and um, and I used to support uh, from a finance perspective uh, a gaming division, um, and the developers they wanted to engage with finance, right? Because you have to develop the budget and you know go through the um, the process of really identifying how much is it going to cost you to not only develop the product, but to market it, and then ultimately, um, you know, what, what, what are game sales going to be? 
um, I found that they were much more receptive of finance being at the table if you knew a little bit about the game <laughs> that they were developing. Um, and so what, what happened for me was I started playing video games. And I started playing a lot of video games. And um, I did find that you know, they were more receptive of you know, inputs from finance for me if I knew a little bit about their game. I knew a little bit about their business. And over time, I got really good at video games, <laughs> um, which is one of the reasons why I had to leave. I was getting too good at video games. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. There are worse things that you could have to spend your time on than, I, playing, than playing games. I right? agree. Um, so let's, let's kind of bring it back to this, this idea of active planning. And so if, if someone's listening and, and they're maybe still in that old world or, um, or they're, they're dipping their toes and they see the value, but maybe they're not completely there yet, um, what kind of advice would you give them to, to, to sort of adopt a active planning, you know, maybe almost as a philosophy? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I think there's, uh, you know, there's a process component to it, right? You, so you have, to, you have to look at your overall, you know, FP&A process. And the process would include, you know, um, what are my source systems? What kind of data do I need? Um, and then after the data component of it, it's like, what kind of models am I, you know, am I, am I, am I employing in my business? Right, what's the sales model? What's the R&D model? What's the headcount model? Um, and being able to understand all of your business models um, up front really would help with any transformation process. And then another key element is um, what, uh, who are the consumers of the end product of my process, of this FBA process? Management teams, boards, executive teams, you know, budget managers, um, you know, individual contributors who, who uh, need information in order to do their jobs. So who are the who are the consumers out there? And once you've laid out that that kind of um, you know blueprint uh, of what uh, is happening in your process, you can identify areas that you want to improve. And most of the time, there's data improvements that you need to do. There's uh, definitely understanding your business model better, and then there's really working with the you know constituents that. Um, that will consume the information that helps you understand, okay, how am I gonna present this information to them? Um, and then, you know, when, when embarking on any change management, you know, or any change, you know, being able to communicate and being able to get inputs and really get the feedback is that here's our current process, here's where we're thinking of going, right? Today we only do, you know, a static process, we do it every year or every six months. You know, we're going to change our process now to do it every month. Well, that's a big change for people that are, you know, are on a different cadence. And so being able to communicate, see the benefit, um, and go through that, um, you know, go th walk through, the, walk through the, the thought process around, here's why we're making that change, because we have to be more dynamic. We have to be more active, and we have to be able to um, anticipate or react quicker to changes that are happening in our business. And you put the way you the way you laid that out, you know, you kind of put data last. You put process and business modeling and sort of that that piece of, of change management first. Is that is that where people tend to get hung up? Do they do they not fully understand that like this is going to be a different way of doing it, and we need to understand what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish before we dive into data and systems and and the like. 
Yeah, I like to think of the process um, from the end, right? Just what are we going to use the information for? Um, and oftentimes there's a core set of metrics that the company's going to run on. You know, there could be a, you know, 20, 30, uh, and you need to be thinking about that. Even before you're thinking about the data, you'll be thinking about, well, what do I want to measure? What are the key metrics that drive the company? Um, what are the important outputs? You know, there's always a board report that you have to do, a quarterly business review deck that you have to put together, monthly, quarterly reviews with accounting, with the business, um, what we call flux analysis, where you're comparing you know, budget to actuals or you're comparing you know, year over year performance. So all of those things are really important. So thinking about the end is critical. And then you can work backwards and say, okay, now that I know you know, the metrics, I know what are the reporting and analytic requirements around the business. Then I can think about the business models that support that. And then when you're done with that, then you can really look at data. Because the data component will come in, you know, it'll, it's the first in line, but when you're thinking about it from a design perspective, you really should think about the end. So we've been talking about active planning with Kerman Lau here on the Workday Podcast. Herman, thanks so much for coming in today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time and thank you for having me in the studio. Absolutely. So if you liked what you heard here on the Workday Podcast, please subscribe and listen to more of our episodes. Thanks for listening.